Welcome to the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan and I'm here with Trent and we are so glad to be with you today. Uh, together we've been in ministry for what seems like an eternity when you put up, put our ages together and we love helping <laughs> yeah. church, churches and church leaders endure it. So we are so glad to be so glad to be with you today. You know, Trent, we're going to talk about hospital visits today and I don't know about you. I learned to make some hospital visits when I was younger but it was a lot different when I became a pastor. So the very first hospital visit I had to make as a pastor, I go to the hospital to visit someone from our community who had had a, a pretty serious medical issue. I walk into the room, the nurse says, oh, I'm so glad you're here, pastor. We're about to pull the plug. Oh and I walk, I walk into a room with a bunch of people I don't know they were obviously an unchurched family and I'm in a room and they are taking someone off life support. That was my first hospital visit as a pastor. I felt all of a sudden like I'm not trained and equipped for all this. And of course we found out over the course of ministry that you get into a lot of situations that you're not necessarily ready for, but you need to find a way to, at least pretend like you know what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Alan. Gosh, that, oh man, that's a, I, talk about feeling over your head, you know, it's like I've ducked into the deep end of the pool in a really big hurry. Gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I remember thinking when it was all done, I couldn't get out of that room fast enough because I just, that was not what I expected when I had gone to the hospital that day. Someone had stopped by and said, hey, this person in our community is, not, uh, is in the hospital. You should go see him. <laughs> I didn't have a clue uh, oh, what, wow. what I was getting into. And so I've learned over the years you do have to be ready um, for a lot of different scenarios. When you go to the hospital, you sometimes don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. Well, and I'm, we want to talk about this because I think there's a lot of folks that have not ever gotten any kind of training. I, you know, back when we, you and I rode our dinosaurs to seminary, um, we, they didn't talk much about a lot of the practical day-to-day stuff like in hospital visits or one of those areas. And we didn't really get a lot of training. And I know that we have a lot of uh, brothers that are uh, bivocational. Maybe they've not been to seminary, but they have an incredible heart and they want to love on their people. And so today we want to give you some tips some things to think about as you do hospital visits, because honestly, I really, I enjoyed being able to visit my folks when I was pastoring in the hospital. And I did a lot of this, uh, traveled a lot of hours to go see people in different cities and hospitals. And and so this can be an area where you can really minister to people and, and an entire family. And so uh, today we just want to kind of give you some tips, hopefully to help you feel <laughs> like Alan said, need a little more confidence that first time out in a hospital visit. Or even if you've done them for a long time, here's some things to think about. Yeah. So Trent, when you're thinking about a hospital visit, one of the things that has changed, and we wanted to say this up front because it used to be a given that if someone was in the hospital, you were going to go visit them. But there was already some trends that were starting to change. And I think COVID, again, kind of sped this up for some people. Make sure the person wants a hospital visit. 
Um, mm-hmm. That is not universally true anymore. It kind of used to be, um, but there are those now who'd rather you not see them in that vulnerable state. And so you, you really should find out if they really want to visit. Yeah, things have changed. Like you said, Alan, they, they've changed a lot. I remember when I was first pastoring, the hospital would call me and tell me, hey, so-and-so is in here in the hospital and they've requested a visit. And boy, that doesn't happen these days. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you kind of need to know. And some people, they certainly don't want you to share the, that information with anybody else in the church. And so it's kind of like, how do you minister to those people? Uh, but you're, you're right. The first thing you've got to do is find out if they really do want you to stop by or not. And that's kind of hard because sometimes how do you find out? Well, and then sometimes, too, their family their family says, oh, you need to go visit them. And then you go visit them and you find out they don't want to visit. And it can mm-hmm. be a, a complicated situation. So make sure you, you do try to find out to the best of your ability if they really uh, want that visit. Now, Trent, again, because of COVID, Again, COVID has changed so much, but you and I have both been through hospital visits where we've had to gown up, we've had mm-hmm. to wear masks, we've had to do all kinds of things long before COVID ever even hit. And so right. there's something to be said for making sure you find out if there's any specific protocols that you need to go through to make a visit. Yeah, and so in order to do that, you might call the hospital ahead of time say, and it, say, I'm so-and-so's pastor. I'm coming to see them, uh, or you can stop by for sure, for sure at the nurse's station. Um, and if they're going to be in the hospital for some time, you get to know those nurses and you become friends with them and, and get their advice. But if they do, if, if they say, hey, you need to be gowned up, you need to wear a mask and gloves and all that, you, will, you obey them. You follow that direction and do what they ask you to do. Yes, there's a reason. There's a reason they do that. You want to be safe. You want to keep the person in the hospital safe. The worst thing in the world you can do is bring bring your own illness upon someone who's in the hospital trying to stay well. And you certainly don't want to take anything home with you. So make sure that you do honor that. And sometimes the protocols too. Every hospital is different. Every hospital network is different. You know, some of them are really lax with visitation some of them are really, really strict with visitation. And the more critical the illness, oftentimes the more protocols they're going to be too, as far as, you know, they'll only allow one or two people back, you know, or there's certain times. And so make sure that you find out all that information so you don't waste your time, especially if you have to drive a long distance to get to the hospital. Yeah. um, This past week, my wife and I did a hospital visit. One of our folks from one of our churches and network um, they were in the hospital. We learned about it, and we're, we knew these folks already. We wanted to stop in and see them. And as we got to the hospital, um, it depends on where you're at in the, in the nation, too, but um, this hospital was very – they didn't say anything to us about wearing a mask as we entered the hospital. Um, I, but then I've been to another hospital in our area where they will come and t- tell you, hey, you have to wear a mask. Um, so you just got to follow that, you know, and and be gracious. I've I've seen some people, um, even pastors, be real jerks, you know, when if somebody comes to them and they don't want to wear a mask and someone asks them to, uh, don't be a jerk. Um, just you're there to minister, 
And not only to the family or the person in the hospital, but you're ministering to the entire staff of that hospital. Being a pastor and being a jerk should not have uh, be something we have to consider, but sadly we sometimes do. So make sure you follow those protocols. Uh, Trent, you know, have you ever been to the hospital where you didn't know some of the family that was gathered around? Oh yeah. Lots of times, Alan, I've been, you know, where you stop in to see someone and maybe that person is a part of your church family, but then they have family that's come in from out of town or wherever to come and visit them. Um, and so that it, it's kind of awkward, right? But it's a, it's a good opportunity. And, and so make sure um, that you introduce yourself. I've, I've seen people walk into a room and they only talk to the person that they know and they kind of ignore everyone else. And that's, that makes everyone else feel awkward and like you certainly don't care about them. But remember that everybody in that room, you have the opportunity to get to know and to minister to. And so make sure and introduce yourself. Take a little bit of time, um, go around, shake your hand, shake hands and introduce yourself to those other folks in the room. Right. They need to know who you are. Um, You are, in many cases, someone who's very important in this person's life. And because you're important in their life, it sometimes gives you an opportunity to to share the gospel um, with other family members. And you want to take advantage of those opportunities that God gives you. But the other part of all of this is you want to introduce yourself. But remember, this person's not there for a family reunion. They're, They're not... They're not there um, to have a, a social agenda. They're there to get better. They're there to get well. So it's really important to not stay uh, too long. So Trent, what, what's your rule of thumb regarding time? Well, you know, when it comes to hospital visits, unless it, and I have kind of two rules of thumb on this, Alan. Um, if it's a surgery and it's an important surgery, it's a little scary, the family has asked you to be there with them, then I would stay there as long as I possibly could with them in the waiting room as the person is in the middle of surgery. Um, Once that person comes out of surgery or has gone to recovery and the doctor or nurses come and talk to the family and you find out that it's, you know, a positive result, then, you know, praise the Lord with them, uh, pray with that family. I I pray with, with the family when you first get there and, you know, when you're dealing with a surgery, but then um, once you find out what's, how things have gone, if it's a positive thing, then, you know, go about your business, say, hey, I'm going to check back with you all later and, and do that. If it's a negative result, then you kind of, you want to take a little bit of time with them and you may have the opportunity to go back and, and be with that, that person that's had surgery about if it's if that person is just in the hospital and it's not a surgery situation at that point, I try to make my stays as brief as possible, not to just run in, run out. But what you just said is that person is there to get better, not to have a reunion. And so I will only stay for about 10 minutes. Um, you know, visit just briefly, kind of find out what they're dealing with, what they're worried about, um, and how things are going, how long they're going to have to be there, and talk to their family members, find out what they're worried about as well. 
and then then we prayed and and I would leave. What about you, Alan? What how did you handle that? Yeah, I would say the same thing. Uh, if you're there longer than ten minutes on most visits, you're there too long. Um, people people need to take time to get better. You know, my my thoughts on major surgeries was I tried to be there to pray with them beforehand. Sometimes that's not possible because. You know, sometimes they're there at four or five o'clock these days um, getting ready for a surgery. And you can go the extra mile, but sometimes it's just not conceivable or, or feasible. But I would try to catch them um, before their surgery and have prayer with them. And most hospitals are very generous to let someone come pray um, with someone in, their, in the prep room. Um, I would stay sometimes for surgeries. My rule of thumb on that was, though, I oftentimes tried to get someone else from the church who could sit with them. Mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate in my last church that I had some people who really enjoyed sitting with people during surgeries. They felt that was their ministry. And they could contact me if things had gone sideways or or there was a need for me to come back. But they were very gracious um, to do that, and they did that well. And so it was an opportunity actually to let people exercise their spiritual gift. And so it kept me involved, but it kept me not involved quite as long so I could get on to other things. And so I know, you know, sometimes the larger your church gets, the, the less the less you have the ability to, to to be with people at the same time. And sometimes you end up with two or three surgeries in two or three different places on the same day. And, and there's just only so so much you can do and those can be really awkward situations too trying to figure out how how you manage that yeah and one thing that kind of helps with that alan is to get a phone number of someone else in the family that you can be in contact with because i've like you said i've been in those situations where i had two people in the hospitals that were a couple of hours apart you know i mean as far as distance to travel and so that it's like you're trying to make a choice, but what do you do? And so make sure that you try to find somebody in the family that you can call and talk to and see how things are going. Um, that They appreciate that. And that helps you a lot. So um, the first, first several things we talked about is uh, make sure that that person wants a visit. Check with the hospital about visiting protocols. And then when you're there, introduce yourself to the other family members. But when you're in the room, don't stay too long in the hospital room. And then the fifth thing, Alan, I, I learned this, and I think this is something people usually won't think about, but it's important. And that is to don't sit on the bed. A lot of times people, you know, like, well, that person's in bed. I just want to, you know, sit on the end of the bed and visit with them. And I would tell you, don't ever do that. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons. Um, one of the things you were yeah. talking, you know, we were kind of like, you don't, if someone's got something in traction or their back is hurt or something, you don't want to sit on the bed and cause them more pain. Um, mm-hmm. That would be really bad. There are other reasons that, you know, um, they could have some kind of bag or, or, you know, they could have all yeah. kinds of issues and it's just awkward for them. So don't sit, don't sit on the bed. You know, even if there's, family in the room and there's nowhere else to sit don't sit in fact standing gives you a good reason to say i know you've got a lot of people here i'm just dropping by to have prayer with you let you know i'm thinking of you and i love you and the more people that are in the room the less likely you need to be there a long time so you know it's a great opportunity to uh, to not sit down 
So in, in most short stays, you know, you're not, you're not mm-hmm. going to stay long enough to need to do that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, and just keep in mind that that person, we kind of mentioned this before, that that person in that bed is not feeling well and, and so they don't need you moving them around. They don't need to hug you um, and all that kind of thing. Uh, and they, they just need to be kind of left alone. Uh, they want to know that you care and that you came by to see them. But other than that, don't, don't jostle them around in bed. That's yeah. not a good thing. So what's our next thing, Alan? What, what are important things about being there in the room? Well, of course, uh, the, one of the most important things we do, and we've not touched on it yet, but this is where we're headed when we go, and that's to pray with the person and family if they're there um, before you leave. And this is such a vital part of, of what we do. We, we're there not just to say hi. We're there to, to lift up their situation um, before the Lord and be an encouragement to them as their spiritual overseer. Yeah, I think this is really important and I, I hate to say this but when I was first pastoring I you know I was pretty ignorant <laughs> uh, the folks that I pastored they were real saints because they put up with my ignorance but there were sometimes I would forget to do this and and I missed great opportunities to minister to that family because they need to know that there are people praying and that that God you're beseeching God to for good results for them and so prayer is a big deal, you know, and I, gosh, anymore, I try to gather everyone and include everyone that's in the room to join in prayer for that person. Even if that per- the other people in the room are not Christians, yeah. then by golly, they're going to they're gonna learn what I believe and who I be- want to lean on. So uh, yeah. I think it's important to include everyone in prayer. You know, one of the cool things I've had, an, I've actually had a couple times where nurses have, can I stay in here and pray with you? Oh, you know, wow. and a nurse great. has participated in that prayer with me. Well, what kind of encouragement is that to the person in the bed, too, when, when someone else mm-hmm. wants to join join um, in that prayer, just pray over them? You know, that's a, that, that makes that time even all the more special. And prayer, prayer is an intimate matter, and this is yes. an intimate situation. And so I think ab- absolutely this is something that should just be a given, but it's not not always a given. So we, we are there to, to pray with them. So Trent, yeah. have you ever, have you ever come to that situation and you, you get to the hospital, you might, might've driven a couple hours or whatever, and you get there and they're out cold. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so here's the temptation, right? Alan is, well, should I wake them up, shake them a little bit? <laughs> and the answer is no, no, do not do that. <laughs> Even if you have driven a couple hours, don't wake them up. But what should you do instead, Alan? Yeah, so I I make sure I leave a note, and I try not to just say, "Hey, I dropped by." I try to leave a real note that lets lets them know that um, I had stopped by, that I cared, and and that I'm praying for them, that I prayed for them while I was there, and that I'm I'm deeply sorry I missed them, but I know they're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a really important thing because you don't, maybe the family is out of the room, gone to the cafeteria, and you don't have a chance to find them. Uh, but yeah, you want them to know that you did stop by, that you did care. And even if that person is sleeping, you can pray for them. 
um, you know, just take a, a minute or two, even if there's nobody else in the room, stand at the end of the bed and just pray for that person, pray for their family. I also would pray for the nurses and the doctors that attend to them. Um, don't, don't miss that opportunity as well. Yeah, because some of your church people are kind of grumpy too when they're in the hospital. So the nurses and doctors need the prayer. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so anyway, but but I think it's important to leave it leave a note um, for them. Now sometimes it's not that they're asleep, though. I've got to tell you that has been an instance for me. Probably a third of the time is that someone's been asleep when I've gone gone for the visit. So it happens a lot more often. Um, than you would think. People are doped up, drugged up, and you know mm-hmm. there's a reason they're sleeping. Um, but when the doctor comes in, and I've had mm-hmm. some times where where people said, "Oh, just just stick around," or whatever. Um, but I I'm not super comfortable being there. Um, I try not to know more than I need to know. So I think that's a good time to leave. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Alan. There are privacy issues, you know. Uh, there are reason that HIPAA laws are in effect, and and so uh, you need to give them that privacy. And so, yeah, if a doctor comes in, nurses will come in and out because they're taking care of that person. But especially if a doctor comes in and needs to visit with that person, they don't need you there. And so I would agree, yeah, that's a great time to step out um, if you need to just stand in the hallway, um, maybe go visit with somebody else that stopped by to visit or family member. But yeah, give them that privacy to visit. And then if they want to share it with you anything, let them choose to do that. So Trent, these are eight things that we have given you, some eight kind of eight guidelines regarding hospital visits and how to do them and just some of some of our ideas on that. We probably missed something along the way. You feel free to drop us a line or, or put a note on our Facebook page or something. Hey, did you consider this? Or this is something that I do. I'd love to hear some of your ideas, especially when someone's asleep. What is it that you do um, to let them know that you drop by? We'd love to, love to hear your ideas on that. But before we go, there's one thing I want to remind everyone about regarding hospital visits. At some point in time in your ministry, you're going to upset someone because you didn't see them in the hospital. You might not have even known that they were in the hospital. That has happened to me. Um, This is an area of ministry. You can only do the best you can do, but if you do the best you can do, you don't have to apologize for what you can't do. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. None of us is perfect, and we can't be in multiple places at the same time. Um, sometimes I've had to apologize, like you said, Alan. I missed somebody because I didn't know, and so I I apologized. And and uh, it seems like people don't want to tell you; they just assume you're going to be omniscient. You're going to be like God and know everything. But uh, yeah, you got to take some of that burden off your shoulders. You can't you can't know everything. So, um, you know, we want you, just like we were saying at the beginning, we have not experienced a lot of folks that have had a lot of training in this. A lot of these things we learn from wise pastors that shared with us or, or trial and error, <laughs> you know. And so um, we want you to be able to do this well. And 
And so I hope these eight tips help you out a little bit and uh, you can gain something from them, maybe share them with somebody else as well. That's right. And eight's my wife's favorite number. So this is going to bound to be a great episode with a lot of impact for you um, for that very reason. So anyway, we're grateful uh, that we get the opportunity to, to minister to people in their time of need. And I know you're grateful for that. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen um, to the Enduring Churches podcast and for sharing that with others um, who are in ministry who could benefit Um, from these words of encouragement. So thanks for joining us and we look forward to catching you on our next episode.